And we're going to be in Luke chapter 15, which is Jesus telling a series of stories all about things that are lost and lonely. The first one on the list is the parable of the lost sheep, starting in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. It starts out by explaining why Jesus tells these stories. It says, now tax collectors uh, and sinners were gathered around to hear Jesus. But Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. They're, they're saying, why is Jesus spending so much time hanging out with bad people, with people who do wrong things? And Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? When he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home, then calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Okay, so uh, Jesus is confronted. He's asked this question. Why are you spending so much time hanging out with sinners, with, with bad people? And a part of the problem is that the people asking him that question, they didn't have the right view of other people. They, they had a, a wrong picture of people in their heads. And so Jesus tells these stories to try and help them see things from the other person's point of view, from the point of view of the person that's, that's the sinner, that's, that's lost or that's struggling. Each of these different stories that he tells, beginning with the one about the lost sheep, is intended to help them better see things from that point of view. All right, so I need some help uh, illustrating this parable of the lost sheep. Is there anybody that'd be willing to help me? Caleb, that's a surprise. <laughs> no, sorry, Caleb, come up here and stand right here where I'm standing. Anybody else I could use another helper? Uh, what do I? Well, there's, oh, there's, oh, Rory, come up and help me. Good. All right, come stand right here. Now, uh, up here on the stage, uh, there are 99 lost sheep. Not, not really. That's not. <laughs> there's a couple of lost sheep. And you should be able to, if you're standing right here, you should be able to see just about all of them. So here's what, Here's what I want you to do. Uh, I, I want you to point out the sheep, and then I'm going to go get them, and we'll bring them back. And okay, so so uh, Caleb, you start. We're, point out a sheep. There's got to be right here. Okay, good. Yeah, that's good. 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 Oh man, he's good at this. All right. Good. Okay. Well, this one's not even. Yeah, that one wasn't lost very much. All right, Rory. Where, <laughs> that, right here, back here. Yeah, you can see this. Okay, good. Where else? You see another one, Rory? There's another. Oh, on the piano. Yeah, Caleb, go get the piano sheep for me. Where else? Oh, there's one over there. Yeah, good. Okay, where else? Uh, oh, yeah, grab grab that one right there, Caleb. Good. All right, where, okay. Where else? Back, back here, yeah. All right, how many, how many sheep do you have? Oh, there's one right there. Yeah, one, two, three. 
That's that is 99. Yeah, I think you got them. Good. Okay. So there's right. There's most of our sheep are here, uh, but there's one sheep that always wanders away. Uh, he's always looking for greener grass. You know, sheep do that sometimes. Uh, he he tends to get lost. He's probably lost way far away. Uh, he's probably sad, right? Don't you think? I mean, how would you feel if you got lost, Caleb? You want to go home, right? All right, right. He's probably lost and lonely and sad and scared. And there's wolves out there somewhere. You could tell there's some wolves out there that want to eat a sheep. Ah, uh, I feel bad. Like, do you look out there and tell me if you see our lost sheep anywhere out there? Do you see any other sheep anywhere? Back there. <gasps> I hear him. Right over there. Do you see him? Yeah. There he is. All right, Caleb, go get the one lost sheep. Here, we'll we'll put these other sheep right here, right in front on the stage there. Good. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's. Oh, watch your head. Oh. Good. All right, go get go get our lost sheep and bring them back. Oh, good job. Yeah. Thank you, Rory, for your help. That's a big one, right? <laughs> so the whole point of Jesus telling this story is to help people understand how this sheep right here probably felt uh, lost and scared and lonely. Thank you, Caleb, for your help. I appreciate it. Yeah. <clears throat> right. He, he's lonely. He's out there in a place that's dangerous. There's all kinds of enemies that want to attack him. And so Jesus wants his hearers to be able to see things from this sheep's point of view. That this sheep is lost and needs to be found. Needs somebody to go and, and search for him and to rescue him and to save him and, and to bring him home. And, and so that's why Jesus talks about this one lost sheep and how the shepherd is willing to leave the other 99 behind and go out and find this one. Make sense? Does that's so good. Okay, he doesn't stop there. Though there's there's another parable that Jesus tells about a lost coin. Let's look at that one. Uh, Luke 15, starting in verse 8. He says, Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, now in this story, the lady who loses the coin, uh, some people think that it wasn't just like, like pocket change, like it was a, you know, like a quarter that she had in her pocket, that this particular kind of coin would have been extra special. Uh, in this culture, uh, sometimes they would take a coin and, and, and put it on a chain and they would wear it and it would be a symbol of their marriage. It would be almost like a, like a wedding ring. Now, if you're, if you or, or your parents, your mom lost her wedding ring, she would search like crazy for it, right? Because it's not just the value of the object. It's not just the, the, the value of the coin. It's the sentimental value that's attached to it. It meant so much to her. That's why she searched so hard to try and find uh, this coin. Uh, it's something that's worth 
hunting for and searching out and spending a lot of time looking for. And it's something worth celebrating uh, when you find it. Okay, uh, now I need some help. I have a whole bunch of lost coins here in this bucket full of bird seed. Um, if you have a peanut allergy, uh, maybe don't play because there's a lot of peanuts in here. Oh, are there some boys back here that want... Yeah, come up here, boys. <clears throat> yes, good. Louie? Yeah. <clears throat> good. All right, a whole bunch of boys. What could go wrong? <laughs> All right, here, here's how this is going to work. Uh, yeah, maybe Louie, stand right here. We'll spread out a little bit. Make sure there's plenty of room right there. In, in here, in this bucket, there are lost coins. Now, now, you can't make a mess because, uh, I have to clean this up. So, uh, when I say go, when I say go, you gotta dig through that, like, super carefully. <laughs> and the first one to find a lost coin, when you find one, you hold it up in the air. Okay? You guys can do that? Ready? Alright, on your marks, it's set, go! Oh yeah! He found one! Oh, good job, buddy! Good! Oh, there's another one! Yep, Louis got one! Any, is there any other? Oh, keep searching, I know there's more in there. Everybody find one? Oh! Yeah! Good work. <laughs> All right, if you found one, come over here. I have gifts for... Good job. Now you take that. You take that. You... What? No? There... Oh, search this... Co- I know there's some right... Oh. Yes. You guys are good. Sir. Yeah! <laughs> there. All right, thank you for your help. You get to keep the coins and the bag of candy. Was it... Oh, sorry. There you go. <laughs> was it exciting when you found the coins, right? Wasn't that? Yeah. I mean, again, Jesus is trying to help uh, people understand uh, that sorrow that's felt when, when you lose something that's really valuable and really important. And I think he was trying to help them understand uh, how God sees people who are lost. God doesn't look at them as as filthy sinners. God doesn't look down on them like like the Pharisees were. God sees them as people that He values and that He loves and that have so much worth, so much value to Him uh, that He's willing to spend a lot of time searching and hunting to find them. And then He rejoices. There is so much rejoicing in heaven when one person that is lost is found. All right, uh, one more. One more story that Jesus tells about lost and lonely things. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. So the the one son says, I want my inheritance now, which was mean. It was kind of like saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. I want your money and I want to go do what I want to do. And so the father said, fine, son, here's your share of the inheritance, go. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. And there squandered his wealth on wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. 
and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He, he spent all of his inheritance, all of his money was gone. The only job he could get was feeding pigs. He, he had nothing to eat. He wished he could eat the pig food, but, but couldn't, couldn't digest it. He, he was just hungry and sad and lost. It says in 17, when he came to his senses, at some point he finally realized what he had done and how bad it was. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he, he got up and went to his father. So the son thinks to himself, I don't even deserve to be a son. I don't even want that. I'm not even asking for that. I don't deserve that. I just want to be a servant, a slave in my father's household. And so I'm going to go back home and see if, if my father will hire me as a slave. It says, but, but while, while he, while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But before the son could even finish his like whole rehearsed thing that he was going to say to his dad, the father says to him, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. It's interesting in this story that the father allows the son to leave. He doesn't force him to stay. I'm sure his his heart is broken and, and he feels disrespected, but he gives the selfish kid his inheritance and lets him wander off. And in the same way, God doesn't force us to love Him. And and I'm sure He's just as heartbroken as the Father in the story. But God allows us to do what we choose. The Son in the story gets more and more lost as the story goes on. He squanders all that He has on loose living. He wastes His money on worthless things. And at the end, He's left with nothing. No money, no family, no hope. He hits rock bottom. Has to take a job feeding pigs. There comes a point in our lives, in all of our lives, when doing things our own way stops working. It stops making sense. It never really does work or make sense. But some people can can go a long time. They can stretch their inheritance out the long way. They can wander from God a long time before they come to their senses and realize that they have this God, this Father who loves them and cares for them. And at at that point, uh, when we we get to that point where we're uh, stuck at at rock bottom, usually one of two things happens. Uh, Either people stay like a pig wallowing in the mud, or they come to their senses and they wake up and they go back and they return to God their Father. The prodigal son was very, very lost. He'd been left for dead. 
I'm sure his father probably thought that he was gone forever. There was little hope. But the father still held out hope, right? Because every day, he's looking way down the road, hoping to see his son walking back home. And one day, he does. One day, he looks down the road and sees his son walking back, probably all dirty and filthy, <clears throat> with, with a new pet. <laughs> but, but he doesn't even care. Like he runs to him and he hugs him and he kisses him. And then, and then he gets a, like a nice clean robe and puts it on him. What's your new pet's name? Waddles. <laughs> right. The son is, or the father is, is so happy to, to see the son again. We, we understand from the story just how valuable the son is to the father. The father never for a second stopped loving his lost son, no matter how lost he was. And, and the father celebrates when the son r- returns home. Now, what a beautiful picture this story is of our heavenly father. God looks at every single one of us, every single human being on this planet as, as being of infinite value, of, as being so important and so loved. Even though we thumb our nose at God and show Him disrespect, turn away and do our own thing, God never stops loving us and searching for us. Even though we stink like a pig. <laughs> Because of the muck we've been living in, God still loves us and searches us out. Even though we don't deserve God's love, God still gives it to us. Don't ever think for a second that you are not valuable to God. You are His creation made in His image, and there is no end to God's love for you. There was a good reason why Jesus spent so much of His time hanging out with those who were sinners. Because those were the people that, that needed Him the most. They were loved every bit as much as, as the Pharisees. And the main difference though is that the sinners' hearts were actually open to hearing the Word of God. Through His acts of kindness and compassion, those sinners were drawn closer to God. God loved them and waited expectantly for them to come home. And when, when one of those sinners was saved, all of heaven rejoiced. True repentance on our part requires humility. The kind of humility that the son had to show in saying, I just want to go and be a servant of the father. The father is so happy. God the father is so happy when we return to him. We get a fancy new robe and we get to be called sons of God and the fatted calf is killed and there's a big party that's thrown and just like the father in the story, the son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and he was found and there's celebration in heaven. Oh God, thank you so much, Lord, that you love us that much, that you care about us so much. Lord, that when we're lost and when we're lonely, when we're far away from You, God, You 
came to search us out. You sent Jesus Christ to come and to find us and to draw us closer to You. Lord, You provided a way even when we were dead in sins for us to be reconciled back to You, a perfect, holy God. Thank You so much, God, for all that You have done, for all the love that You have shown on us. You are an awesome God. Thank You. In Jesus' name, Amen.